Welcome to the Art of Being a Mum podcast, where I, Alison Newman, a singer, songwriter and Aussie mum of two, enjoys honest and inspiring conversations with artists and creators about the joys and issues they've encountered while trying to be a mum and continue to create. You'll hear themes like the mental juggle, changes in identity, how their work's been influenced by motherhood, mum guilt, cultural norms, and we also stray into territory such as the patriarchy, feminism, and capitalism. You can find links to my guests and topics we discuss in the show notes, along with a link to the music played, how to get in touch, and a link to join our supportive and lively community on Instagram. I'll always put a trigger warning if we discuss sensitive topics on the podcast, but if at any time you're concerned about your mental health, I urge you to talk to those around you, reach out to health professionals or seek out resources online. I've compiled a list of international resources which can be accessed on the podcast landing page, alisonnewman.net slash podcast. The Art of Being a Mum would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land and water which this podcast is recorded on as being the Boendick people in the Berrin region of South Australia. I'm working on land that was never ceded. Thank you so much for joining me this week. It's been a pretty full-on weekend. I've just returned from Adelaide for a gig with my singing part of my life. I was lucky enough to perform at a venue in Adelaide with the DJ, so that was a lot of fun. I'd also like to apologise for the quality of the recording this week. I had a frantic last-minute change of equipment due to an unfortunate incident involving my cat and her bladder. Mm, Too much information, sorry. My computer is still recovering. But I'm very pleased to say that my guest this week is Paula Borsetti. She's a visual artist, a mother of one and a grandmother of two from Beverly in Massachusetts in the United States. Paula grew up in a creative family, her dad playing the bagpipes and her mother encouraged her creativity. While she was in high school, she took an arts course at a local school and went on to study visual arts. When her daughter was little, she joined the local art guild to push herself to get involved in exhibitions. After holding various unrelated to art jobs, she fell into teaching at a high school, teaching art, and went on to do so for 26 years, until two years ago when the pandemic hit. It was time to retire, and she's been full-time in her studio ever since. Just a few steps from her back door and surrounded by a trio of Springer Spaniels. Paula works in a variety of media, including painting, drawing, printmaking, and mixed media work. She creates abstract paintings that tell a story of her life. Her work reflects a love of family, friends and the natural environment of New England. Working in acrylic on linen and panel, she borrows colours, patterns, textures, forms and movement to create layered paintings meant to invoke personal moments and narratives. Paula is very involved in the care of her two grandsons and is incredibly grateful for that time. Her largest and most recent Powell's series is an ongoing body of work inspired by the battle her friend's son is waging against ALS disease. Creating this series has allowed Paula to process witnessing what this disease does to people, the patients, their families and friends and the community as a whole. She has spent the last nine years raising funds and awareness for ALS. Her husband Joe and herself created Locust Street Studios where they make whirly gigs and do cooperative projects together. Paula is very passionate about being involved in her community 
and is inspired by a family history of strong, independent women and of mentors who showed her that she could continue her creativity even with children, work and mentoring others. Being on the podcast has also given Paula the opportunity to reflect on times gone by and members of her family who continue to inspire her. Her father was an only child and her grandmother always worked and went to school to learn to be a manicurist. She worked out of her home and eventually the family home when she moved in with Paula's parents. She had customers that were there with her for years and she continued to work into her 90s. Her mother-in-law passed two years ago at 101, almost 102, and her mother is 94 and still lives in the house she built with her dad. She's very grateful for the strong and independent women role models in her life. And she's conscious not to take that for granted. Paula has quite a lot of shows coming up in the next few months. You can check out the link in the show notes. We can go to paulabossetti.com for more information. Thanks again for tuning in. And I really hope you enjoyed today's chat. And apologies for my very croaky voice. It was a big weekend of singing. Thank you so much for coming on, Paula. It is such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to chat to you. So I know that you listened to an episode of someone who is nearby, I think in location, um, was Katie Callahan's episode. So whereabouts are you in the US? So I am in Massachusetts in Beverly, which is north of Boston. And I tell people that we're next to Salem because most people know of Salem, Massachusetts. Yeah. <laughs> so we're the next town over from Salem. Yeah, it's a good landmark, isn't so it? So on the East Coast. On the East Coast. I Actually, you when you said a few words there, you sounded really Boston, like that real accent. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. I was telling my friends that I wish I had an Australian accent because oh. <laughs> it sounds so good on a recording and, and you know, in, in life. <laughs> where my my accent is not an accent but then it is to other people so yeah it's no it's funny I have a friend that I met <clears throat> kind of related so um I when I was teaching I did a lot of teacher fellowships and so I met a, a friend in Cleveland which is m- midwest and she was just making so much fun of me of how I said squirrel <laughs> oh. you, know, she's like, you say squo-wo-wo I, <laughs> <don't say that. laughs> I say squirrel yeah it's not a <laughs> you know? so it's just so funny no matter where you are everybody sounds sounds different so. yeah that's it isn't it and then yeah when I say I say squirrel squirrel <laughs> that sounds yeah. silly So okay. you mentioned being a teacher, but you're at the moment that you're a visual artist, that you're a painter, and I can see some beautiful artwork behind you. And thank you for sending me some photos too. Can you describe for people the the style that 
you would call your art and the sort of mediums that you use? I I work, I'm an abstract painter um, and I'm working in acrylic right now mm-hmm. and I add a lot of um, mark making with like drawing tools or sometimes collage, sometimes transfers, but primarily acrylic paint. <clears throat> and I build up a lot of layers. And I, I, I think of myself as an unpainter because I like to put everything in and then cover it over and kind of build a history um, with the work. And so some of it's narrative a little bit, um, but mostly it's from experiences that I have every day and in my everyday life and my family. So I just work from a um, <clears throat> a process where I don't sketch out and plan my work. I just get started and then mm-hmm. see what happens and let the painting progress that way. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I'm going to I'll share some photos of your work. Um you know through your promotion because I just it's really interesting I don't think I've ever seen like I've seen a lot of abstract work but I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like yours it's really lovely it's like like the one that's over your right shoulder the with the blue Mm -hmm. like what um Mm -hmm. what inspired you to make that one so (laughs) this one (laughs) With the pink above it or the yeah. other one? Yeah, yeah, the one with the pink above it. That yeah. one, yeah. So <clears throat> I'm having, uh, I'm, I'm working on a series of paintings that um, is really about healing. And my dear friend's son was diagnosed with ALS at the age of 25. Um, and he and my daughter grew up together. We shared, you know, we we traded off kids so we could go to work. And um, so for the past nine years, I've been using my art to help raise funds and awareness <clears throat> for ALS. Mm. But things like um, selling cards or doing, you know, proceeds from my artwork. And then I just realized it wasn't enough. I needed to really dig a little bit deeper into what it meant to process this whole kind of journey. And so I started um, a couple of years ago, just thinking about his whole journey and, and how everybody's kind of dealing with that. And so these, the series of paintings jump, jump off from words that he gave me a list of words. I asked for his caregiver to come up with a list of words and, um, it just started there with words. And so I do a lot of writing on the canvas before I start. And then um, this one in particular is called A Dose of Prunella. Mm -hmm. And I was really thinking about um, uh, sections of the body. So this is really a figurative painting in a way. Um, the background, it's hard to see in, in here, but the background has a lot of mark making that has equations that aren't solved. I, it kind of references an old chalkboard. <clears throat> yep. And that, but inside the, the figure, um, 
the colors are really warm and it's hopeful and it's blossoming. And prunella is also called all heal. And so it's a flower that's used um, to heal everything from internal to external wounds. And so that piece is really telling that story about um, healing from the inside to the outside and everything that kind of goes on around it. I love that. So yeah, there's a lot of symbolism in that. Mm -hmm. yeah that's yeah it went through many many stages of being I I, like I was saying earlier I feel like I unpaint because I put everything in so there was so many stages of trying to figure out I knew from a dream that I had I wanted to have these three segments Mm -hmm. um, but figuring out how much of the story is told through um, symbolism that's recognizable and how much is told through what's abstract um, it there's a lot of paint <laughs> yeah and that on that with you with what you put into work do you like I stuff around with painting I'm not a painter I just like painting right so this is me coming coming at that's, you with someone that's a painter someone with a very anybody who likes paint is a painter <laughs> So yeah, do you, when you create something like that with the the symbols in it, do you want your audience to work it out, or do you not care what your audience makes of it because you've expressed what you want to express, and then you sort of pass it over to them to take what they want from it? Yes, yes. Yeah, so that's a really fine balance, like a tightrope almost. You know, I I I paint them because I need to. Um, and I hope that somebody sees something in it that speaks to them, you know, makes it a personal journey for them. So, you know, I don't, I don't mind that if, and nobody kind of references that chalkboard feeling of the background or, um, you know, the, the feeling that's internal in those, in those sections, it's okay if it's interpreted in another way. Mm-hmm. That's okay with me. I just want, hopefully, somebody to see it and feel a connection. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because the reason I ask you that is my my son, who's, well, he's now seven. I think he might have been six when he asked me this because I was doing some painting and he wanted to know what it was about. And I said, well, you, you can work out whatever you want out of it. And he goes, oh, but how, when you paint it, though, don't you want people to know? And I said... I don't mind if they don't know. And I, I know, when I said it, I sort of thought, do I really? Or, you know, I started to question myself. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. so I like that. Especially, yeah, people that, that paint a lot with that symbolism, I find that really interesting. Yeah. Mm. I think that, um, you know, as an, as an artist, you know, you have a story that you want to tell and you just put it out there and hope that somebody's going to hear it in their own way, you know, and that, that it will resonate with them. Yeah. I'm sure it's that way with the, with music as well. You know, when you're, when you're crafting a, a song that, you know, you want people to get that, ooh, that feeling that you have from it, you know, but you know, it's going to be their interpretation or their experience of it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's yeah. Okay. yeah, no, that's yeah. a good way, good way to compare it actually. 
So I want to take you back to so when you got started in painting. Have you been painting your whole life? Mm-hmm. So, yes. <laughs> Which is, seems silly, but I was thinking about this. And um, one of the, yeah, always had been creating something and using my hands for something. And and I remember um, the question brought me back to this memory of we had a typical um you know our house had a back porch with the white railing and one day I decided that I didn't understand why it was a white white railing (laughs) so I got my friend to color it with me with crayon (laughs) you know we thought amazing (laughs) my mom didn't think it was so amazing so it had to be cleared off before my father got home but I always remember you know, I grew up in a creative family. And so, as a matter of fact, my father would rather do anything um, than, you know, work <laughs> <laughs> on the house or, you know, he, he, he wanted to be creating all the time. And so I get that from him. But um, when they were finishing the upstairs of our house, before it got wallpapered, I have, I'm the youngest of four. We were able to just draw and write on the walls <laughs> because it was going to be wallpapered. Yeah. And I think probably that lasted about seven years. <laughs> <laughs> so if that wallpaper ever comes down, the people are in for a whole history lesson of <laughs> what it was like in the late 60s to early 70s. I don't know. Oh, I know there that. were was a lot of music quotes on that wall and and as a matter of fact one of my friends from high school told me years later she couldn't understand what kind of a house that I lived in that we were able to write on the walls you know (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so anyways I I have always been creating um I was fortunate to go to art school when I was in high school my my friend's uh, mother worked at a Catholic school and there was a sister a few towns away that was giving um, art lessons. And so we were able to sign up and my friend was able to take the car. <laughs> um, and so we started going there during high school in the summers. And she's the one that told us to go to art school. So she had us put our portfolios together, wrote us letters of recommendation Um, so that was my first push to go from her, my divine intervention from Sister Vincent. Good on her. So back then, were you you painting in a a similar kind of style to what you are now, or have you gone sort of through some changes in your your methods? I was doing a lot of landscape painting. So, um, you know, in, in art school, we did a lot of still life and figures and oil painting. And then I wasn't able to do oil painting in my home because of the fumes. And so I switched to watercolor and started doing a lot of painting outside. Um, I started working after art school, not in an art field. Mm -hmm. And then um, I did several different jobs before I fell into teaching. So that wasn't until my daughter was in kindergarten that I, that I went into teaching. So I did bookkeeping um, and, and 
just different jobs to maintain my art practice. Mm, yeah. Um, so my work was mostly watercolor landscapes. Um, and, but always a, a little bit abstract. Mm -hmm. I always was not really interested in, in representing exactly what was in front of me, but rather a feeling or a sense of the place mm. or my memory of the place. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. I, I can, um, I can relate to that. I like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 When my daughter was little, I started going to our, I joined the local art guild so that I would make sure that I kind of pushed myself to be able to be in exhibits mm -hmm. um, and be in a group of artists so that I wasn't just working and not not involved in, in art. So mm. I did that for a long time. Um, and then when she went to kindergarten is when I started teaching, kind of fell into that. Yeah. Well, I didn't really have a studio then. Mm -hmm to share. So I did have a bedroom that was our kind of office slash my studio. Um, so that's why I painted a lot outside, mm -hmm. you know, and I could put my daughter in the stroller and fill up a backpack and go and do some painting. So um, it wasn't until <clears throat> I turned 40 that I got my studio, which is um, where I am right now in my studio. Yeah which is our garage that we completely re my husband redid it for me to make it into a studio. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. I was looking for, um, studio space outside. We had, a in the downtown area of our, of a city, there was a old mill that was made into studios, you know, and I was thinking about, going in there so I would be with other artists but mm -hmm. at that time I was working full-time two or three jobs going back to school and I knew my I would come out and do my work at nine o'clock at night I wasn't going to be getting in the car and going yeah <laughs> going someplace so yeah it's really been a blessing mm. So you talked about going into teaching. Did you teach art or did you teach all different subjects? I taught art, high school art. Yeah. Um, so I, my, my sisters were teachers and I was not going to be a teacher. And then I, <laughs> when, when I said I, when I had my daughter and I joined the local art group, um, one of the women in that group was actually the, the head of the art department for the city and when the city they were looking for somebody at the high school and she passed my name on and they called me out of the blue and wanted me to come in and you know I called my sister and she said yes you're gonna do this <laughs> and so I, <laughs> I went and um that was it I was hired and I taught for 26 years yeah. so and I, sometimes I think like, 
what would have happened if I started my studio practice 26 years prior, mm. but I don't think I would be in the same place as I am now. You know, the, the being a teacher really opened me up to, you know, not only meeting so many amazing students, but learning how to learn again, I guess, you know, mm, and yeah. wanting, wanting the students to have that love of learning. And when you're teaching, you're teaching all kinds of things. So you're learning as you're going. And I don't know, it was, it was a good run. Mm. <laughs> I have to say, I really loved the students. And, and as a matter of fact, my daughter, um, became a teacher at the same high school. So we were colleagues for seven years. Oh, she teaches crazy. culinary. So yeah. that was a really fabulous. Yeah. So, and and I, I taught at the high school where I swore once I left, I would never step foot in that building again. <laughs> <laughs> oh. There I was back, back teaching, go. but. Oh, that's lovely. That's a great, that is a great story, isn't it? Yeah. Because um, sometimes we just sort of end up doing things and you sort of, I don't know, like you said, you just fell into it. And that's the thing if, when you said about if you had have said no to that perhaps and then really got stuck into your art. But then on the flip side, all those experiences that you had and that have, they've probably mm -hmm. fed into your creativity over the years. So it's sort of like, yeah. <laughs> It's interesting yes, to think about, yes. isn't it? Right, and it and it all you know it it um I love I love doing things in the community and giving back, and I think about all the mentors that I had, and mm -hmm. teaching was my way of kind of giving back to all those people in my life that helped me along. And so I really am appreciative of that and grateful for that opportunity to do that, you know. And then when COVID hit and we were teaching remote, I walked out of my classroom in March and I never went back because that was the year I was had made the decision that I was jumping and oh. jumping to my studio full time. Yeah. So that was kind of a crazy end. <laughs> yeah. To that. Yeah, but I had I knew at that point um, it was time. You know, it was time for me to take that leap and mm -hmm. jump into my studio practice full time. So it's just been under two years that I've been full time in the studio, mm. or just a, just a little over two years, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How does that but, feel now? Being yeah. able to do that is that a really satisfying time for you now? You living that dream I guess it really is you know yeah. <laughs> it's like I get to do this every day mm. and you know sometimes my husband's like you you're just you know full out like don't you want to do anything else so I'm like <laughs> I've been waiting for this you know like yeah this is my time you know this is what I want to do so you know it's uh, really uh so much fun mm. to be able to be working at this, you know, yeah. 
And I walk two steps out my door, so it doesn't matter what the weather is, you know. <laughs> yeah. About here, and here I am in a whole nother world, you know. Mm. Yep, yep. So uh, this yeah. is a good time to mention the the three studio dogs that you have that you yes. have seen photos of. They're gorgeous. <laughs> are they uh, like a spaniel or some sort of retriever? What are they? They're they're English Springer spaniels. Yep. Um, they're field spaniels, so they're not the show spaniels. With the the show spaniels have longer hair and ears, but they're they're field spaniels, so they're raised to hunt pheasant or do field trials and mm-hmm. or just hang out in my art <laughs> studio. <laughs> oh, One of them is ten, and uh, Jenny, and she has a broken bat. She had a broken spine when she was about a week old, so she's. Oh. She doesn't think she's any any different though. She's fat. She's great. She's yeah. done really well. And then the other black and white one is my daughter's, but she comes every day for Nana and Grampy camp. Mm-hmm. And the youngest one is our the brown and white is Sunny. So she's our baby. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. It's great. <laughs> it must be, yeah, nice to have that company, you know, just they're just in the space with you. It'd be nice. Most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes they're knocking me over, you know, and they're, they're wrestling under my feet and, um, yeah, I'm done with having them sometimes. So you're also a grandma, which is pretty cool. Um, congratulations, because it's I, I thank you. I sort of think you know we take things for granted sometimes, and I don't know. It's nice to be able to celebrate that we've, you know, moving through life and still doing what we love. <laughs> yes. Yes. So you have two grandsons. I have. I have two grandsons. So I have one daughter, and. Um, she has two boys, her and her husband have two little boys. One's five and the other is two and a half. And so um, the five-year-old goes to preschool. So I pick him up every day at preschool and have him for the for the afternoon. So I'm, I am doing childcare <laughs> mm. along with, along with painting full-time, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. You know, I'm so fortunate to be able to help them out, but also spend that time with him. Yeah. Next year he'll go to kindergarten and I probably won't need to pick him up. So I'll probably have, have the other one though. So yeah, that's, that's, that'll, that'll be, that'll be good. But yeah, having, being a grandparent is amazing, you know, because you're not, 24 seven yeah <laughs> they can come and go but um yeah I it's it's really special mm. it's, yeah. yeah and they and I love that they see me as an artist you know like mm. I'm their nana but they also know that I'm an artist and 
they talk about my paintings. They come out to my studio. You know, they'll paint with me. We'll do projects together. Um, you know, they know that this is a part of who I am. Mm. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. How did that go then when your daughter, you talked about, um, well, when she was in kindy, then you went back. You you were working in as a teacher then, but she would have seen you. She would have seen you paint before then. Mm-hmm. Um, was that mm-hmm. something that you were sort of, I don't know, wanted wanted her to see that? And I put this in air quotes. You weren't just her mum because we're never just mums. Yep. Um, but that you were also doing things for yourself. Yes, that was really important to me um, because. I always wanted her to have a strong opinion of who she was as a person and not other labels attached. And so I, I wanted her to know that, you know, I was more than, you know, I'm not just my job. I'm not just a mother, you know, I have things that I'm passionate about and that I'm going to pursue those things. Cause those are the things that light us up and, and, and fulfill our lives and so it's always worth chasing that dream and that passion um, and and that other things, you know, may not be as important as we think they are, you know. Yeah. So I wanted, I, I always took her with me. She knew that I was doing other things. Um, and on the other hand, on the flip side of that, though, when I was teaching and I had to go back to school a lot and be taking courses, you know, there was a time where I was going for my master's that it was weekend courses. So I would be gone Friday night, all day Saturday and all day Sunday. And some of those weekends were birthdays, you know, like her 10th birthday, I was in class. And so I had that difficult time of trying to figure out, you know, how do I balance this and make it okay? Mm. I can remember being in a class and giving a presentation and just cry, you know, like bursting into tears because Mm. it was her birthday and I wasn't there, you know, to celebrate it with her. But Mm. yeah, you know, that mom guilt, right? Oh yeah. Uh, You took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. 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 So is that, uh, you give me that example, but is that, is that something that you've sort of over the years, I guess you've got that perspective now with, with the grandchildren, is it something that you've sort of learned to let go, not judge yourself as harshly, or is it, is it, you know, still something that you think about? I definitely don't judge myself harshly for that (laughs) for for doing what I what I want to do anymore um I wish I'd known that I could do that and had that confidence you know a long time ago that it was okay to let things go um we can you know it's okay if the dishes pile up in the sink (laughs) you know the laundry isn't all folded and put away if you're if you're doing something that you want to be doing or you're on the floor playing with the kids, you know, those things are okay. You know, that that's more important sometimes. I think that 
the era that I grew up in where, you know, I saw my mother, um, you know, she had to stop working when she was pregnant. You know, once she started showing, mm. you know, it was time for her to be home and be preparing, you know, being a housewife. But mm. she was never, she, she kind of just did her thing too. You know, like she mm -hmm. always worked. She, she, she did things that she loved to do. And so I think that that was a good role model for me as well. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I, I think that times have changed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thankfully, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that, um, women ask their partners for more help than we ever do. Well, my generation, or you know, mm. it was different. Yeah, so. it's sort of it. It wasn't sort of acceptable to to ask for help. It was sort of that was your job, I guess. I'm just thinking about you right. know my my right. mother's yes yeah <laughs> upbringing balance and balance balance it all. So you had to you know mm. take care of juggling it all and and not ask for help and tuck everything away and you know yeah but thank goodness that's changed <laughs> yes yes yeah. yeah so when you're talking about your, your mom having to leave work when she started to show my mum's auntie so the age of my grandma I guess um as soon as they got married they had to leave work because it was like you need to give the, the single girls, you need to give them the jobs because now you're married, you've got a husband, so you don't need to work. And um, Don't need to work. Yeah, I know she was very fiercely angry about that. <laughs> it was like, yeah. I couldn't imagine being told yeah. that. I'd just be like so angry. <laughs> well, even with my sister's... Um... I, I said I was the youngest of four daughters <clears throat> and my oldest sister and the second oldest sister, the only options for them were to become nurses or teachers. Mm. You know, that yeah. was pretty much the track that they were, they were sent on, mm -hmm. you know, and then just a few years later, I was able to go to, to art school, you know, so I was, mm. I was lucky. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> the timing yeah, was good. <laughs> one at the right time, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't so, take that for granted. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. With regard to what influences you, we've sort of talked about, it's basically, you know, your life and your experiences. So did you notice then after you had your daughter that your your painting radically changed because of all, you know, the emotions and the, the I can't think of what the word is, but the emotions of going through becoming a mum? So I don't think it radically changed. Um I think that I became more in tune with maybe with how I, f my feelings. And then 
understanding that that could be expressed through my art mm -hmm. um, as opposed to just going out and painting some, <clears throat> excuse me, something that I saw. Yeah, I don't think, so I don't, there really wasn't a huge change. I, I just had to find ways to do it mm -hmm. um, along with being a mom and working full time. And so it became grabbing moments when I could making the time I, I would work smaller, you know, so that I could just um, make sure I, you know, if I had 20 minutes, I could do something that was not a huge project. So something that was smaller, mm -hmm. did a lot of different things, you know, painting, painting on, on clothing and um, I don't know, just finding any way I could to make sure I got the work done. Um, and then when I started teaching, I had time to do work because I was working on things in the studio at school yep. and learning different things. And I always kept my practice going, even, mm -hmm. even through teaching, going back to school, taking classes, you know, being a mom, um, it was important for me to really keep that, keep that practice going. <clears throat> but yeah. I don't think that my work really, I don't think I was able to really see a huge shift in my work until I started doing it full, full time. Yeah. It makes making a difference being able to, to mm -hmm. do it full time. Yeah, absolutely. And did the yeah. way that, the way that you saw yourself personally, did that go through some changes when you had your daughter? I don't think so. <laughs> um, we, it, I try. It was difficult for me to get pregnant, so I think that I was so relieved. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. When I was when I was pregnant and when I had her, um, you know, it was something that I wanted for so long, and so. Um, it just felt like another piece of the puzzle, you know, that mm. I, that I wanted to have happen. And so it, it didn't really change what I, how I felt about myself, you know, it, it just mm. added to, added to the, yeah, the me, you know? yeah. I didn't lose myself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I found another piece of myself. Mm. Yeah. Do you think that being able to paint all the way through helped that? Did You know, mm -hmm. you, you say you didn't lose a part of yourself, I guess, because you were able to keep doing that thing that was so ingrained in you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that no matter what creative outlet that I found, you know, I, I found a way to always have some some creative outlet. So I I think I would have lost myself if I didn't have that. You know, I yeah. 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 Had a um I had a really good friend and mentor who I took classes from and her actually I went to high school with one of her sons. She had six kids. Yep. and found a way to 
continued doing her work and she had a studio and she taught. So she really was a great role model for me mm -hmm. um, that you can still do, do it all, you know? Yeah. <laughs> have your family, have your career, do your art, <laughs> you know? yeah. mentor other people. And she was painting up, it, she, we, she just passed away last year, unfortunately. Um, and, you know, we were talking art and painting and, you know, until the day she died. So, gosh, <laughs> I, you know, it's just a, she was just a fabulous role model for that. Yeah. Oh, that's very inspiring, isn't it? People yeah. like that. Yeah. Now, I've got to mention, you you said to me in an email that your dad played bagpipes. Yes. Which is so cool because listeners will probably recall that my son Alex has been playing the bagpipes probably for about just over 12 months, I reckon, maybe. I can't think exactly when he started. It's an incredible instrument, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I grew up going to parades probably every weekend when I was a kid, you know, and, yep. and following my father's bagpipe band and my mother tuning up his pipes and <clears throat> he played the chanter constantly, you yep. know, yep. <laughs> and, and he used to play the bagpipes. He used to march around our backyard playing his pipes. And at one point we had a goose and the goose would follow him around. Oh. <laughs> and the neighbors would be like, there he's at it again, you know. But, oh, I, I love it, though. You know, and, and it's funny where I live now. We have a cemetery that's just down the street. And there's somebody that, that goes and practices in the cemetery. And every so often I hear the sound come through my studio. And oh, I just think beautiful. that it's my dad, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Fabulous. Oh, it is. It's like Alex, um, so he just turned 15. And um, he, yeah, he never was into anything musical. Like I'm musical, my husband's musical, but. I'd always say to him, do you want me to show you how to play something like on the piano or do you want to sing? Nah, I don't want to do it. And then all of a sudden he just decided he wanted to play the recorder, which is like a, you know, a horrible sounding yeah. instrument. So uh, he played that for a bit and then I got him an Irish tin whistle because I thought that'd be a bit nicer sound. And it's similar. It was in, it's actually, that's in the same key as what the bagpipes are in. So once he mastered that, he said, well, now I want to play the bagpipes. I've just got, oh my God, really? The bagpipes? Like, yeah, but it's wonderful. It's so wonderful. And I just, I'm so proud of him. You know, a kid, the kid wanting to to play such a iconic instrument and one that, you know, not many kids play, you know, he's in a band in the, 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 the band of our town and he's by far the youngest in there and they all love him. 
because it's like they're so pleased that the next generation's coming through and they're yes. almost like his little yeah. he's the little sort of mascot that they can put out the front and say look anyone can play the bagpipes you know it's not this yeah. you know people think right. for, for people who are older but you know yeah. it's it's great and is it is it a like a Scottish bagpipe? Because I know there's different yeah. kinds of pipes. Yeah, it is yeah. a Scottish pipes. Yes, hey. yeah. he wears his kilt and his little sparring and yeah. his little hat, and it's just lovely. And he loves yeah. it. Loves the loves getting up, dressed in his in his outfit. So, yes, it's bringing bringing a lot of joy to us at the moment. <laughs> That's wonderful. My dad had a special set of pipes that. Um, somebody actually made him from Scotland and I know um, we we when he passed about 16 years ago now um, but we gave his pipes to somebody who was in a band um, in the in a few towns over Mm -hmm. but it was sad to see them go you know so special Mm -hmm. to him yeah and they were really um, it was such a big part of our lives and even now I you know when I hear bagpipes I know if they're good and yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> good pipers and I'm not musical at all but my dad could pick up anything he could play any instrument he would yeah. just self-taught and he could just pick it up and play it oh. you know but I didn't get that <laughs> I got his artistic but not the musical ability so there's none none of your sisters play bagpipes either no so i i wish one of us had picked it up yeah my he uh my sister used to do some scottish dancing but Mm -hmm. none of us wanted to play the pipes yeah so you've had enough of your pipes for one lifetime (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, I always loved it. I yeah. I really did. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think like being involved in a band too is just so good, you know, for people of any age. It's just wonderful that connection with others and you learn so many life skills in a band, you know, compromising and listening and you learn how to put your, you know, your thoughts forward in a respectful way. So it's almost like being in a workplace, you know, you get that that same sort of interaction mm-hmm. with people so I'm really pleased yeah. Alex is doing it and it's great to you know to give back to the community as well because most of their gigs you know they're unpaid they're doing it because they love it um and I grew mm-hmm. up doing that, a lot of that with my singing so I think it's wonderful that you know you learn that there's other other things in life you know you don't everything you do doesn't have to have an exchange of of money you know you can do it because it's right. you love it you can do it because other right. people love it yes. uh, something I'm really yes. pleased that he's understanding <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the best thing about being a creative though don't you think that oh yeah you know we I think that that is something that's kind of instilled in in the the value of being creative person that you know you want to share mm-hmm. you want to teach people you want to you know, put things out there and have somebody else have it touch somebody else. Yeah, uh, yeah. Is that connection? In ways that, yeah, those connections. I I really miss that about teaching and uh, doing the community projects. We always did community projects, so yeah. I try to do that as much as possible now. Yeah, you know, even though 
but still teaching. So yeah, no, that's lovely. Out. Yeah. You're listening to The Art of Being a Mum with my mum, Alison Newman. Can you share with the listeners um, the shows you've got coming up, whereabouts they are? So I have um, uh, an online solo show, March 7th through the 20th, virtual through Women's Women United Art Movement. Yeah, right. And um, I'm in a show starting in March um an online gallery called gallery 118 which is called untold narratives and another one beginning march 1st with the manhattan arts international called her story yep and then um i have i'm part of a cooperative gallery on rocky neck here in massachusetts and in gloucester mm-hmm. rocky neck is the oldest continuous art colony in in uh the united states oh wow and so i'm part of a cooperative gallery there which is open year round mm-hmm. and i'll have another show at another gallery on rocky neck in may um and then i have i'm in a group show in amesbury massachusetts and then i have some other online exhibits I'm part of the National Association of Women Artists in the United States. And so I'm part of an online sh- winter show with them right now. Yep. And then I have a website, paulaborsetti.com, social. My social is, um, my Instagram is Locust Street Studios. I live on Locust Street. Yep. And, um, my husband and I, he makes whirly gigs and oh, yeah. I paint them. So we do some kind of co- cooperative projects together. So that's why the Instagram is Locust Street Studios to kind of encompass that, that whole yeah. aspect, that, oh, that partnership cool. that we have. Oh, that's yeah. nice. But it's mostly, the Instagram is all my artwork. <laughs> yeah, cool. Excellent. Well, I'll put all the links to all those shows in the in the show notes. So if anyone wants to click away, they will be able to find it. So with your with these shows you've got, are they particular series of works that you're showing? So the my solo show um, is called Tending. <clears throat> excuse me, Tending Below the Surface, the solo show with Women Art United. And so that body of work is all about the the process pieces of um, with my friend's son who has ALS. And mm-hmm. so all of those pieces stem from the story, his story and his words, and then my interpretation of that and how to process that. Mm-hmm. So my goal is to kind of... Um, deal with that and the healing process of that but also to raise awareness and just you know put it out there that there's there's a whole population of people that are living with ALS you know and it's Mm. I don't know yeah no (laughs) Um, that's that's fantastic it's tough it it's difficult but all of the paintings are very hopeful Mm -hmm. because 
he's hopeful and he is never giving up. Yeah. And so I want them all to show us a sense of strength and resilience and hope. Mm. That's how the paintings present themselves. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's going to be 20, 20 or 25 paintings in that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. That's a lot, isn't it? Is that a lot or is that about the normal range for a, for a show? I think about fifteen to twenty. Uh-huh. So it's a, it's, yeah, yeah. Um, it depends on how she curates it. So how many will will be in there? But yeah, right. Um, it'll be great. Yeah. She's fabulous. <laughs> yeah. And are they all finished? Or are you still working on some of those? They're all finished. Mm-hmm. They're all finished. Was like giving birth, like when like putting all all yeah. of the work together and yeah. and sending it off. I just was like, oh, yeah, I did it, you know. Yeah, I kind of was hoping that um the dates for the show would be closer to the end of the year because I thought, oh, I need this whole year to get this body of work done. But mm-hmm. I'm actually glad that it's it's here. You know, it's done. I'm I'm still working on that series. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'll be working on it for a long time, but yeah. it's nice to have this one collection done. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's your focus at the moment. That's what you continue to paint about that. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I go a little off. Um, not every single painting is based on that. You know, I have I work in series and so I'll probably, I have a lot of paintings going on at once. Mm-hmm. And, and so it just kind of depends on where the painting's leading me. Yeah. Um, right now, I I just finished a lot of really large paintings. And so I'm working on a series of small ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a series of 36 four by four panels that I'm doing and yeah. some 12 by 12 six by six, different things like that. Mm-hmm. And part of, um, I'm part of Art and Found Day. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but Jesus. on March 12th, yeah. artists across the globe will hide artwork in their communities for people to find. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so you can go on Art and Found Day and they have a map. Yeah. And you can click and see if there's anybody in your area that's hiding paintings. I'm going to check that out. That sounds awesome. So, yeah, it's really fun. So I'm working on some pieces to to put out in my community for that. Oh, so. great. Oh, I'll definitely put the links yeah. up for that if, if anyone around the world's interested. That sounds so cool. If you like finding Easter yeah. eggs, you know, just that amazing buzz. It is, yes, <laughs> yeah. Or a geocache, you know, it's really yeah. fun. Yeah. Oh, good on you. That's, that's a lovely way to be, be involved, isn't it? Like you're literally involved in your community. You're putting your paintings into the, the, the community i love that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh good on you paula Before I let you go, is there anything else that you wanted to mention 
that I maybe haven't asked about or just anything that's on your, your thoughts you've got you want to share? I don't think so. I think I would just say that if anybody's, you know, any mums out there <laughs> or grandmothers, yeah. you know, that are questioning whether you keep going, you just, you do it, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> like you got to keep going and keep pursuing that passion, you know, everything else falls into place when you do that, I think. Mm. Yeah, it's a good way of looking at it, isn't it? And sort of from yeah. the top, from the top down, it all, it all sort of just, yeah, finds its place. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's great. Thank you so much, Paula. It's been lovely chatting to you. It's been a lovely start to um, my day. Thank you. <laughs> oh, good. Good. <laughs> it's been a lovely end to my day. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, that's and great I hope the future is bright because you're the heir already yes it's, we're still here the future is still here <laughs> the music you heard featured on today's episode was from Alemjo which is my new age ambient music trio comprised of myself my sister Emma Anderson and her husband John if you'd like to hear more you can find a link to us in the show notes Thanks for your company today. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd love you to consider leaving us a review, following or subscribing to the podcast, or even sharing it with a friend you think might be interested. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, please get in touch with us via the link in the show notes. I'll catch you again next week for another chat with an artistic mum.